This week, we talk about cholesterol. Also, we'll take the mystery out of macros and check in to see if I'm any less fat. Let's get into it. Heavy metal. I remember in our first episode, Dewey, you said, uh, that makes me want to lift something. It does. Heavy metal. That's lifter's music. It's what you need. It is. I wonder if anybody listens to Air Supply when they're just like, cranking weights. I remember one time I got the most dirty looks ever at CrossFit (laughs) when something like that bullshit came on and I'm dying (laughs) trying to finish this workout and something like that comes on. I'm like, is this the Titanic soundtrack? <laughs> Why are we working out to this bullshit? Seriously. Sailing, I, take me away. I don't need na, love na, songs. Na, na, na. <laughs> I'm trying to clean 315. Oh, yes. Gee. It's it's true, though, the adrenaline. You need that pump. Oh, you need the adrenaline from that 100%. shit. 100%. Right? Absolutely. When I did my little uh, YouTube video about my home gym, I pointed out how I had this these Sonos speakers because oh, they yeah. sound badass, yep. and you got to have some Lamb of God, some Disturbed, you know, that kind of shit. Pantera. Yeah, to get the that last rep out. If you're trying to squeeze out the, a, an extra couple reps, that's how you do it. Oh, I just got goosebumps thinking of Unbroken by Pantera. Oh, I Am Broken, you mean? Or Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, off Far oh, Beyond Driven. That's the... Oh, wow. dude. I don't yes. know if that's their best one, or Vulgar Display of Power might be. <laughs> I don't know. Do I have to choose? You don't. All you right. just put Pantera on shuffle yeah. and just crush the weights. All right, guys. Well, welcome to uh, episode nine of Fit and Furious. And this one is so chock full of goodness, we should charge double. We will. Yeah, we will. So whatever you're paying, double it. All right. Before we get into our topic this week, I want to show you this controversial tweet of the week. This guy's a really good follow on Twitter, Carnivore Aurelius. Not to be confused with Marcus Aurelius. Yes. He's kind of a dick, uh, but he says some really profound stuff. He's not dumb. No, he's not dumb at all. He says some, but he says some, he's very contrarian too. Like oh, the other, for sure. He set. He's a bit of a troll. He's a kind of a troll. Yeah. He set Twitter aflame the other day because he said, I'm against fasting now. And then he had a list of reasons why it increases estrogen. It's <laughs> increases your cortisol and like all these fairly, you know, logical reasoned reasons, but it went against everything that I had come to learn about fasting. So I was like, Oh God, I, I like this guy, but he's pissing me off. And he's, you know, behind the keyboard going, ha ha ha. Gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. This creates engagement. But uh, this tweet I thought was pretty pretty uh, ballsy. And just for the audio listeners, I'll read it. It says, before you improve your health, you need to realize that most doctors are full of shit. They are clueless when it comes to how to heal. When it comes to how to healing. They are living under a rock buried under three other bigger rocks. They couldn't get laid in a brothel. He's got to throw that in there just to be a dick. <laughs> Don't trust them just because they have an MD. So, you know. So let's talk about cholesterol. <laughs> right. See, that, that that's what made me, when I saw this tweet, I thought, wow, this is true because, well, not necessarily true. I don't want to shit on all doctors, but there is the default position is you just trust what they say. And we're going to get into that when we get into cholesterol and my experience with my doctor. Um, if I was to just follow their 
their wisdom, I'd be taking a completely different path than if I questioned it a, a little bit. Um, but most people, when they walk into the doctor, they just blindly, yep, sir, yes, sir, tell me what to do, prescribe me whatever I need, and they don't even question it in the least. Because no. there's they? this. They're doctors. Yeah, there's this whole uh, hierarchy and power imbalance where you think you're just a lowly pedestrian, and this person has had, you know, eight years of schooling, and obviously they know more than you. You just totally reminded me of something. When I was at a doc- at my doctor, she said, um, we started talking about nutrition, mm. and I started talking about- And you started rolling your eyes and meet how long yeah, after that? No, she started- Five seconds in? <laughs> no, she was really open-minded. Mm. So we started talking. She's a medical doctor. Right. She's an MD, general practice family physician. So we start talking about nutrition, and I started talking about what I was doing, and, and we started talking about the the body's response to macronutrients and and how I'm, I have some carb sensitivity and hormone imbalance and blah, blah, blah. We started going into all this stuff. Anyways, we go deep down the rabbit hole, and she stops, and she goes, there's a really good chance you know more about this than I do. <laughs> hey. Name one doctor that would oh, ever say that. That's huge, yeah. I mean. My wife thinks it's because she's a female, and female are just naturally and gracious. And, yeah, there's <laughs> and some she's that. probably right. And. But she was like, yeah, yeah, there's a good chance you know more than I do. And she knew this. how to work you. She knew she knows this guy needs to be right, so I'm going to let him be right. Oh, 100%, <laughs> which is also a female attribute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, well, the thing is, you know, I wish, and we talked about this last week some, you know, um, talking about keto and just how some doctors are open-minded enough to actually see what's working and, you know, and that's kind of why keto is spreading throughout the community, the medical community, because when something actually works uh, and people get results and people actually lose weight. Well, eventually, doctors are learning that eventually they have to stop trying to push the rope and realize yeah. that. Right. Push the rope. I like that. This is, yeah. this is the thing. And yep. we have to be open-minded about it. Exactly. So uh, anyways, follow Carnivore Aurelius, and it's at Keto Aurelius is his uh, – Twitter handle, so he's he's pretty hilarious, um, dude. On the Twitter, speaking there. of, we were discussing off the air, mm-hmm. pretending like we're radio guys. Yes, yes. About Rob Wolf talking about what was next. Oh yeah. Guess what he did say? What's that? It's not carnivore. Mm-hmm. He said that's not it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh, I agree. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's too extreme. It's that's not that's not what's next. Well, it, it's really going to be interesting because there's you know. Hasn't really been any long-term studies no. with large groups of people, so we don't know. We don't have the data to determine or declare. And right. again, that's what's one of the good things that I've seen, at least amongst the carnivore people that I follow, is they're not dogmatic about it. They're always adjusting and and refining. You know, like even Paul Saladino is like eating honey and, and berries. And, yeah, yeah, and just and trying out, trying different yeah. kinds of stuff and experimenting, and uh, they're. Because it's not an ethical, dogmatic, religious type belief that he's willing to adjust his opinion based on results, yep. right. which is huge. A little context for listeners. I was listening to a podcast with featuring Rob Wolf as the guest, and you can look him up. We won't go into his biography. But anyways, he was talking about nutritional trends and changes in, in the, the lifespan of certain just the diets and the nutritional methods that we've experienced over the years. 
and how we're due for another one. Mm. So they're trying to predict what's next. What's that going to be? Right. Um, and then that's why I thought of when I saw his name, Carnivore Aurelius, I thought that reminded me that <laughs> he said, it's not it. Yeah. Well, it, it's, you know. Cause, it, and he said, like vegan, it's too extreme. Right. Well, we don't know. Like I said, we uh, we don't have the long-term data to see. And we won't. Because it shifts too much. Well, exactly. And who's doing the, who's paying for these studies? You know, right. if there's not a bunch of money to be made, then they're probably not going to be a large study about it. So if someone was really smart, they would come up with a method who that's just simply not a bunch of processed bullshit hyperpalatable foods. Yeah. That's the new method. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, we'll you, see. You, <laughs> Just like everything, you gotta you gotta experiment on yourself, and you gotta do what works for you, and you know try to sort. You know, this is a horrible analogy or phrase, but sort right. the wheat from the chaff, right? Absolutely. Just, well, actually, keep the wheat and the chaff over there because I don't want any of that. Well, you can eat the germ and <laughs> the. Well, whatever that that phrase is. Yeah, I know um, what you're talking about. Uh, another thing I saw that was kind of interesting here in fitness, speaking of trends and things, uh, you could you use a wearable device, right? Garmin. To track a yep. Garmin. Okay, so that tracks your heart rate and sleeping. My every move. Respiration <laughs> and all that stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, it's ballpark stuff. It, yeah. ha- it, it, it gives me my, my VO2 max, but if you know anything about VO2 max, without actually having a machine with that's measuring your respiration, it's really hard to determine VO2 max. Right. But it gives you, like everything, it's a baseline and gives you an establishment of your trend and seeing where you're... Uh, VO2 max is a very, very good indicator of overall health. Okay. Yep. Now, just just for the idiots out there like me, uh, what is that? That's how much VO2, it's a volume of oxygen that you can actually take in. Oh, okay. And it's uh, measured in milliliters, I believe. Okay. Um, So, yeah, really, really good is... Like phenomenal is like 80. Okay. And lower is bad. So if you're yeah. 20, 30, you're probably <laughs> not very good. Right. I'm a little above average at like 50. Okay. Um, so my. Who would view, be who would be an example? Like a marathon runner or somebody would be? A cycle, like uh, Lance Armstrong. Oh, okay. It would be like, he was like 96, I think. Right. Just off the charts. He also had the max amount of steroids in his system too, but you know, he was counting. Yeah, that's just a little <laughs> bump extra. Yeah. He still had the genetics. Yeah. <laughs> well, Give Pee Wee Herman all the steroids he wants. He's not winning Mr. Olympia. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about that, if you've ever wa- watched the documentaries on, I think there's a documentary all about that whole scandal and how this Russian doctor was. Oh, that's Icarus. Yeah. Oh, Icarus. Oh, yeah. that's bomb. Yeah, that's that was a, crazy. such crazy a good documentary. Shit. The dude's like legit. Like a Jason Bourne movie. He's like, they're going to fucking kill me. Yeah. And he's like fearing for his life. Oh, he has yeah. to leave the country yeah. in the dark at night. I and mean, it's like, crazy, geez. Crazy documentary. But the lesson there was that basically you had to ha- be on some sort of performing performance-enhancing drug just to be anywhere in the ballpark. Be competitive. Yeah. If you didn't, you were you were not even going to. You're out. Why yeah. bother? Yeah. So, yep. I mean, it wasn't. You know, you get a, lo- a lot more empathy for Lance Armstrong and, well, and all those guys, really, because... For sure, because if they don't do if it... If you could it, level the playing field and everybody would be clean, that's one thing, but that was not happening. No, no, they can <laughs> level the playing field by just making it legal. <laughs> right, just let everybody just do it. Just let yeah. everyone do yeah. it. Everyone's doing just it. Just go nuts. It's Yeah, it, so just have at it. It's the only way to solve the 
yep. the the PED problem. Exactly. All right. Well, and it's more fun. Speaking of wearables and devices and stuff, I saw this thing. It was kind of interesting. Uh, looks like Google is going to um, make it so their Fit for Android app can measure your heart and respiratory rate just using your phone. And apparently, it's going to use the camera to somehow track this stuff, um, which I thought was pretty interesting because, you know, the whole wearable thing is, I mean, do the Apple Watches do that? And I think it's a horrible idea. Fitbit and Nooms. And, I think this is a know, horrible like idea. You know why? Because people are trying to get rid of having to carry their phone when they work out. <laughs> it's going the other way. Right. Yeah. I have a wearable because I don't want to carry my goddamn phone when I'm running. Right. So they're doubling down on people wanting to carry their phones? Yeah, well, look at this. It says you place your fingertip fully over the camera, and it basically it can tell the light, subtle light changes from your pulse, and that's how it detects it. So well, kind of crazy. So I'm guessing that is... It's more for a spot measurement. It's not going to be like a... That's what that yeah, it's is. it's probably like that, yeah. That's what that's already doing. But guess what? I don't have to carry my clunky phone. I think it's for people that don't want to buy an extra, you know, whatever that costs, watch thing. A lot. Or a Fitbit or whatever. <laughs> oh, exactly, a lot. And it's probably for people that are just kind of casually interested in it. Yeah, because unless you've r ran mm -hmm. at a significant pace with your phone. I run at it only an in ins insignificant pace. <laughs> That's a thing. But <laughs> running with your phone is bullshit. Bouncing around, it's just that's crap. Well, I, what I do is I get a helmet that has a gooseneck mount on it, and I just <laughs> sure flip so I can watch some cartoons. You know, okay. I've, I've only been hit by cars six times. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So, so interesting enough. I mean, Google they own everything else. Yeah. Well, that, what they don't tell you is they're also tracking your eye movements and and getting your passwords for everything and your shopping history. That's really what they're doing with the, when you're putting your fingerprint on there. Right. Stealing <laughs> stealing your fingerprints for that, that reminds me I was watching somebody's <laughs> or someone on someone's Facebook the other day they put <clears throat> what birthday or what what movie was number 1 when you turned 21. Mm. And people are like, "Oh, men in posting pictures, men in black." And I'm like, okay, Cindy said her the number one movie when she turned 21 was Men in Black. Google, what time did what year did Men in Black come out? Yep. Three searches in a couple of math problems, and I know her birth date. Oh yeah, yep. I got her DOB yeah. and her full name. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, I ain't playing. That shit's out there, man. <laughs> oh, there's no hiding it. All right, so we actually um, got a listener question this week. Nice. Amazing. <laughs> I meant this one. I was going to say, that's so funny. That's awesome. So <clears throat> Joanne from Ames, Iowa wants to know, and this is referring back to our Zone 2 protocol episode we did a few episodes ago. She says, so if I decide to train for something such as a 5K, how does that fit with Zone 2 training, especially when my Zone 2 walking on a treadmill is at a snail's pace? Is it better to keep doing zone two for another couple of months, doing this three times a week, and lifting my baby weights, doing this three times a week, for another couple of months, and then train for the 5K? What say you, Dewey? No. You are currently training for the 5K, doing zone two that you're doing right now. Just keep going. 
It takes a tremendous amount of patience. Yes. And it takes a tremendous amount of discipline to just keep going at that pace in that anaerobic pathway. Right. I'm sorry, aerobic pathway. I was getting them mixed up. The aerobic pathway that you want to stay in for zone two is going to get you much healthier. And here's the reason why mm-hmm. I want you to, the, I want Joanne to stay in zone two on, right up until the race, even during the race. Because what happens is people train, let's just say zone two, zone three, doesn't matter, but they train at a certain threshold. Mm-hmm. All year long. And then what happens when they get to the race? They go balls out. They go balls out and they fall over. Right. (laughs) Because their heart's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's this 180 stuff? So by the time you get there, you've done what you can do. Right. And you just got to roll with that. Yep. And you can go a little harder on race day. Well, and I suppose then you have to also know at what point can I kick in the afterburners and just go balls out because the the finish line is X amount of time away. Which is why... During the training protocol, on top of zone two, you occasionally want to do that kick at the end. Like, so I'll do zone two for an hour or 90 minutes. And when I get to, like, the last mile, Mm -hmm. I ramp up. Just like Like it's the end of the race. See if it got any left in the tank. Yeah. Because you don't want to fall over. Right. Before the finish line. But I made sure that my zone two training was enough. Right. So there's 45 minutes there. That are just solid zone two. Okay. And then at the end, I just kick it down. So no, keep doing the zone two. Um, and when you say, when you say start training for the 5k, you already are. That's what it's doing. Yep. That's what you're doing right now. You've already started training. All right. Well, thanks for that question, Joanne from Ames, Iowa. Anyone else has any questions out there? Send us an email to info at fitandfurious.com. All right, well, let's get into our term of the week here. And we've talked about this a bunch. And we're going to define macros. So when we're always talking about macros, we're throwing the term around. We're saying, are you sticking to your macros? What about your macros? What are you doing for your macros? Let's define what that is. And really, it's short for macronutrients. And I'm reading off this website here, which I'll post a link to, of course. And it says, macro is short for macronutrient. What's a macronutrient? There's three categories of nutrients you eat most and provide you with most of your energy, protein, carbohydrates, and fats. So when you're counting your macros, you're counting the grams of protein, carbs, or fat that you're consuming. So that's the very simplified version of what a macro is. Now, you mentioned last week there's actually five, right? We said alcohol and fiber were the other two. Yeah, but they're they're the... That uh, your body chooses to burn off first. They're the ugly stepchildren. Right. Of macros. They're, they don't count. Like they're not in the family picture. It's kind of like when you call Y a, vo- a vowel. R- yeah. <laughs> right. Or when young is sometimes in Crosby, Stills, and Nash. <laughs> sure. <And> sometimes Y. <laughs> right. So when people are saying macros, that's really what they're talking about is of your full plate, what percentage is made up of proteins? What percentage is made up of carbohydrates? What percentage is made up of fat? So when you're trying to hit those, let's say you had to hit, you know, 1,500 calories a day. If you're eating 500 of each, that would be your macros would be equal. And if they say you're doing super low carb and you're only eating protein and fat, let's say you're doing 750 of each, that would be a one-to-one ratio of those macros. 
and people talk about, well, you can try adjusting those ratios. So like if you're trying to maybe lose weight, maybe you drop the fat ratio, keep the protein higher, you know, that's kind of what you're playing with when you're talking about adjusting those ratios of macros. Yep. So that's- uh, You nailed it. I nailed it. Yes. So that is a macro. Counting um, macros. <clears throat> counting macros. It's all bullshit. <laughs> it is. Pray tell. Quality of food matters. Yes, of course. Period. Yep. <laughs> Period. At end of end of subject, quality of food matters. So hold on, hold on. I want to see what that professional memorizer says from Montana. Claire, <laughs> Claire, a registered dietitian, aka professional memorizer from right. Montana. Yep. Um, it also might help people meet their fitness goals because they will be having a greater satiety. How do you know? How? What are the macros? Right. So I, this, this one is, again, you have to, you have to, that's why you need to go get tested for your, you know, your body fat percentage, your basal metabolic rate, your total daily energy expenditure. You need to know what your, what your, well, what your me, activity level is, all those things, but to even know where to set your calorie Let counts. me rephrase. Mac, counting macros is not bullshit, but all it is, is marketing. Right. It's Peter Drucker. You ever heard of Peter Drucker? No. A famous economist. He is a famous, he's famous, German, Austrian, sorry, for um, business. Okay. Just a, 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 an amazing business mind. He said all business comes down to either innovation or marketing. Right. If you're not innovating, you're just marketing. So what people decided to do was, wait, if macronutrients – so if protein is four calories, carbs are four calories, and fat is nine. Per gram or whatever. Per gram, yep. yep. Well, then those are calories, and then we can put them into macros. Right. And we can count them that way. <laughs> but it's not counting calories. <laughs> it's counting macros. Right. Shut up. It's just a Stop telling people. It's just marketing. They're just trying to spin it. It's still counting calories because every right. macro has a calorie value. Yeah, it's so basically, just marketing. it's just associating ratios to the calorie. It's a calorie ratio, just another way of repackaging that. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's not innovation. Yeah, that makes it's sense. Marketing. Right. I like that. So, and really, I, we're just defining it so people know what we're talking about. When oh, we're absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 important to know. But yeah, it's important to know. Understand what they're talking about. It's important to know why do people say, "Well, oh, this thing has a lot of fat." Holy crap! It has a lot of calories too. Well, because fat has more calories. Has nine gram. calorie per gram, right? So, yep. But when people say oh, that's why heavy cream is so freaking ugh, fattening, just a quarter cup, like seven thousand calories. As I slurp my caribou XL, but it's the if it fits your macros trend, you can right. eat whatever you want as long as it fits your macros. Right. So my my professional memorizer, she said, <laughs> I could. Um, I can eat all the cake I want as long as it fits my macros. Oh, yeah, Karen? So how much cake can you eat? Tell me how much cake fits into your macros. Not very much. None. Right. It's stupid. Just stop saying that stuff. Like I, have, I had a bite on Tuesday. I had enough carbohydrates left over that I could have. And, that, and that's the scam. That's the marketing gimmick right. is they say, if it fits your macros, you can still eat all the foods you love. Okay, awesome. Here's my 300 bucks. Right. Now, when do I get cake? <laughs> no, no, you don't. 
because cake doesn't fit your macros. So that's not what you said. Right. You said I could eat all the foods I love, and I love cake. So where's my goddamn cake? <laughs> doesn't work that way, but thanks for the 300 bucks. I, I started salivating because when I saw macros, I thought it said macaroni. <laughs> macaroni don't fit my macros. Spoken like a fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so that was macronutrients, and, and do we just went off on a rant there. Oh, don't even get me. That was nothing. That was tame. <laughs> Counting macros can help you lose stubborn, stubborn body fat. Sorry, I'm still reading that. Put, <laughs> put that site down. I'm going to yeah, get we're, we're more this. and more pissed off. We're getting this one. All right. <clears throat> Oh. Okay, let's let's get into our topic for the week of cholesterol. Now, I'm going to tell you how this all came about. Besides the 4,000 people when I talk about keto go, "Oh, not about your cholesterol." Well, that yeah, that's a there's some myth busting that's going to go on here. I told you to ask me that. Now, if you're on YouTube, you know, you should, if you're listening, go on YouTube because we're going to be talking about what I'm holding up right here, which is my doctor results of my blood work when I got my physical. If you and eat another piece of meat, you're dead. I, did I just summarize it? Pretty much. Oh. That's I got my results back, and it pissed me off. And I was thinking, if you're just a regular dude and you're not into this shit, you're just going to do what they say. For sure. You're just going to follow what they say, and that's going down a very bad path. I'm surprised you didn't leave there and go buy, buy a box of cereal. Special <laughs> Some heart Heart-healthy yep. Cheerios. Yep. Yeah. Get to just clean those pipes out. Well, first of all, Cholesterol is very confusing, right? It's something that not a lot of people know very much about, and there's tons of information. And you eat it, but yeah. if, but it's bad for you because it clogs you, but your you pipes, need some. but you need it or you'll die, and your body can't make it, and blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very, it very, confusing. very cloudy out there. There's a lot of information on both sides for and against, like – you know, half half the community says cholesterol is going to kill you if you have high cholesterol. You need to do something to get it down, whether it's diet or medicines. And the other half says, hey, high cholesterol, great. Your body needs that, and there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's beneficial. So it's if you're just an average Joe out there, it's very, very confusing. So traditionally, why do we care about cholesterol at all? Because uh, it was seen as a marker an indicator of elevated risk for heart attack, stroke. Well, we've all seen the graphic where it's going down the artery and it starts plugging and slowly plugging. And and that's that's the whole myth that's out there is – and I've had people with PhDs, very intelligent people, tell me, oh, you're just eating all that meat? It's going to clog your arteries. And they're literally thinking of it visually like when you pour bacon grease down the drain. Right. And that's the visual that they're getting is it's going to literally – Harden up right. and restrict the amount of circulation that can go down the drain, just like bacon grease would. And that's how they're visualizing it. And that's 100% not true. Um, <clears throat> so that was, that's kind of the perception. And that's why the whole fat, fat's going to make you fat, fat's going to clog your arteries, saturated fat's bad, red meat's bad. And in this whole, you know, the last 40 plus years of fat being demonized, that's been the messaging that we've all heard. That's why people with PhDs or intelligent people will say those types of things and not be have any awareness of really what's going on. So cholesterol was seen as a marker, an indicator of elevated risk. And my research says, and of course, you know, do your own research. We're just I'm just telling you what I found out here. Uh, the most recent research is there's really none that tie the two together. 
it's all epidemiology, which is yeah. basically people self-reporting. Yeah, you know, it's not it's true just a story. control. It's anecdotal. Anecdotal. It's not too. It's not true controlled, randomized controlled trials. Um, so just to de- de- define some terms here, um, there's three. Well, there's total cholesterol, which is just a number, and that actually was the one that back in the day, if you had, that's all they cared about. Total cholesterol. That's high. Oh, bad. Mm-hmm. That, and that's how eggs got demonized and and red meat and everything. Coffee. Yeah. So and you, then they, back and forth. Yeah, you had to get that number down. Mm-hmm. And really all the research now is the total cholesterol is completely meaningless. Even my doctor doesn't take the total cholesterol number really into account. Right. Which is kind of interesting. So at least they've made a little progress there. And, okay, then there's a... When do we get to the part where you fight your doctor? <laughs> I just roll my eyes. Okay. Um, so there's total cholesterol, there's LDL, HDL, and triglycerides. That's the other three terms besides total cholesterol that are involved here. And the LDL being high, that that used to be something that people cared about too, and there's almost zero risk associated with that either. Um, and interestingly enough, well, and kind of the old, and Dr. Eric Westman is one of the people that I followed um, for this, and I'll put all these videos that I watched and, and everything in the show notes, of course. You can uh, do your own research and check these out. And basically he said the old way was that total cholesterol and LDL were bad. And now the new way is the triglyceride to HDL ratio is the thing that they're concerned about, but not even that much. Sure. Because really the the low carb and the carnivore guys, they're not really worried about cholesterol at all. Mm -mm. And uh, Dr. Ken Berry, who's one of the really most intelligent carnivore keto uh, people about this stuff, um, he says, uh, and he has actually a great quote here. I got to find this quote. He says, uh, I got to find this exact quote. Can I tell my story while you're looking oh, for no, it? Oh, no, I found it. Oh, okay, okay. He says, uh, having an elevated A1C, so that's your blood sugar, you know, being di- pre-diabetic or diabetic, yep. is a shotgun pointed at your heart. Having an elevated LDL is like having a BB gun pointed at your leg. So... You don't care. It's like, bring it on. That's a two by four across the face. Exactly. Right. So I thought that was a great way of putting it. Yes, technically, yeah, it's a have thing. Another, have another orange. It's a thing, but you don't. I don't care if I get hit the leg with a BB gun. Right. I care if I get hit with a shotgun in the heart. Right. So he's saying you're worrying about the wrong stuff. And what, what Ken Berry says actually raises your risk of heart trouble, not cholesterol, is – and. This is going to sound like we're beating a drum or beating a dead horse here. We your would waist, never do that. Your waist to height ratio. The single big, he said if you have to pick one single metric, that's it. Boom. Boom. So, you know. We're out. That's, that's pretty much it. He's like, that takes care of so many freaking problems if you reduce your waist to height ratio. And what he says for reference, you want to be at 0.5 or below. So- According to, you know, my is Josh, how fat is Josh tracker? Pretty fat. Right. <laughs> I've been, when I started, I was at 41 inches um, and I'm 5'8", so what's that, 68 inches? So I should be at 34, 34 right. or less right? in order to be considered not at risk or right. in the good category. So I'm just above that right now because I'm at a 36 when yeah. we last measured. We're going to see where I'm at this week. On the right track. I'm getting there. I was at a 41. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, your average person is probably above that. And that's where you Probably. Well, definitely. 
Definitely above. Make your sugar coating it. Don't, because <laughs> they'll eat that too. Problem is they shrink. Exactly. So your waist to height ratio, the circumference of your waist, how fat are you? Basically, how much extra fat are you carrying around? That's, and that's indicative of, of visceral fat. That's what puts you at risk for heart and stroke issues. Um, diabetes, all these things. COVID, we talked about last week. Yep. People that are overweight are way more susceptible to having COVID spreading, COVID having more serious outcomes. So much, in fact, I was looking at the list of people in the phases now to get the shot. Obesity is like the number one thing. Yeah, they get jacked up. You're better. You. you I thought it didn't matter. Yeah, you're And gonna, now it's like, that's an underlying, you're like one of the first people rushed to the front of the line. Yeah, just because you're fat, a, a self in, self-inflicted. I don't condition. care about that. Put, get them to the front of the line if that's what it is. But don't say that that's not the case. Right. Don't go, uh, I'm obese, so I need my shot right away. So I'm fat, on the list. So you're saying a fat 50-year-old might get ahead of a, a in-shape 70-year-old. 100%. Right. But yeah. here's the problem with that whole concept is they just got done telling me that obesity had nothing to do with mm. COVID fatality. Mm-hmm. What? Then why are they getting rushed to the front of the line? Oh, no. There's – oh, well – you shared a study on Facebook that said it was like 70% or something. Yeah. Where of the people that had serious complications were obese or overweight. Exactly. Yeah, it's you you need to fix that. And here's more evidence, you know, if your waist to height ratio is a single biggest metric and Ken Berry just lays this out. Uh, you know, that's that's what puts you at risk, not your cholesterol level. Um so if you can do anything, it's get your weight down. Well, and, and that's where my story throws a wet blanket on the whole thing mm-hmm. is I was at, at risk of, with high cholesterol and high blood pressure. And what did they want to do? They wanted to put me on statins. So back when you were chubby Dewey? Yep. And they wanted to put me on statins and high blood pressure. Medicine. Now, what was what was your I don't remember. thoughts? Well, not your numbers, oh, but what numbers. was your thoughts when they were saying that? Because this is before you knew nutrition stuff and you hadn't gone. Yeah, it was, oh, shit. So I said... Well, then I have to eat right. Uh, but I didn't eat right. Now, what was eating right according to your doctor, though? Well, you got just food pyramid. But Which, by the way, check out our new shirt here on YouTube, <laughs> the, the real, real food pyramid. Chickens. Check it out on FuriousMerch.com. Get your own. Chickens don't matter. That's why they're tiny at the top, right? right? It still tastes good. It's the appetizer. <laughs> it's like on Last Man Standing when he says, I got lamb, steak, chicken, Pork, and then one of his daughters goes, well, where's the vegetables? He goes, I said chicken. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh, shit. Anyways, point of my story, real so quick. You were chubby, dude. I was chubby, and I was downright fat. Yep. And I, they said, you need to get on a statin and a blood pressure med. And I said, no, I'm just going to lose weight. So how did you I just know lost. that those, in, intuitively, how did you think those are bad? Because I, most because people I just, just, he told me. I didn't know the difference, so I listened to him because he's a doctor. He had the white coat, and I didn't. So I said, "No, okay. but I mean, how did you know? I don't want. I don't want to be on the statins or the blood pressure meds. How did you? Because I'm prideful. Okay, so you were like, I don't need that help. I'm, I don't need that help. I'm going to fix it by getting in shape. But most people don't. They just say, "All right, if that You're, if I can keep eating my right, donuts, pump them in. Give me the. I'm like, screw this. I'm not going to have these drugs. So what did I do? I went out and busted my ass, and I lost a bunch of weight. But guess what? I didn't change my diet. Right, so you just outworked it. Well, no, I just changed how much I ate. Oh, okay. So, so just... and I, but let me rephrase. I did change my diet, 
But I didn't stop eating red meat. Oh, hell no. I didn't stop eating animal fat. Yep. I just lost weight. Right. And guess what? I went back and, oh, good job. You don't need meds. Nice. I didn't eat grains and, and all these. Yeah, reduce your saturated fats. Yeah, I didn't go vegan. And that's what I want to talk about. Okay, let's get Anyways, into my... Anyways, I probably wasn't telling no, no, that no. story very well. well that, that makes sense because, yeah, you're basically saying you didn't do the statins, but you also didn't avoid the saturated fat. And that's what pissed me off when I got this, okay? <clears throat> so my total cholesterol, 207, and they want you to be under 200. So it's not even that crazy, but he didn't like it. Um, I, oh, Interestingly, my fasted glucose was 76. That's pretty good, right? That's good. Yeah, yeah. it's real good. Um and he said, here's what his comment is. Lipid panel is a bit abnormal, but you should respond to dietary modifications and regular exercise. So he's basically saying. He triggered you. Oh, he triggered me. <laughs> Pissed me off. Because he's basically saying you're on the path to, okay, you can handle it now with dietary modifications. But if you don't, you're on the path to medication. You know. Get out that script book. Oh, I was like, oh, dude. Yeah, you had a statin coming. And then he gives me this pamphlet, you know, printout thing. It talks about cholesterol and the bad kinds, and it's going to increase your risk of heart attack and stroke. And the, the thing that pissed me off was, can I lower my cholesterol without medicines? Okay, this is his little informational packet. Yes, you can lower your cholesterol some by, number one, first thing, what does that say? Yeah. Avoiding red meat, butter, fried foods, cheese, and other foods that have saturated fat. Well, he got one right. Yeah, fried foods. Avoiding fried foods. Right. Why? Because it's in vegetable oil. Yeah, exactly. And then he, second bullet point, losing weight if you're overweight. Third bullet point, being more active. Okay, so it's the standard bullshit about eat more heart-healthy Cheerios. Because if I, if I read this and I was didn't know any better, I you would think switch plant- from steak or eggs and bacon in the morning and have Cheerios instead because that's heart-healthy. And wheat toast. And then get on the treadmill, right? Yep. And that would be following his advice. And where do you think that would get me, knowing what we know now? Right, probably right. closer to diabetic for right. one. Right, uh, all all my markers would go in the wrong direction. So yeah, that pissed me off. Yeah, I don't blame you. So, um, and it's smart because they mail that out. They don't give it to you in person, so that it, you know they're not delivering that news in person. Right. Otherwise, I, he would have seen my my eyes would have rolled so hard, I would have had to go to the optometrist after. <laughs> but I mean, at what point do they give you a stress test and, and and an EKG and actually see what's going on instead of just looking at that number? Well, right. But what, what the whole the whole point I want to make about this is, if I wouldn't be questioning this, I would have just said, "Well, guess I better change the diet to what he says," and then that wouldn't have worked. And five years later, my cholesterol would be the same, and. You know, I probably would have gained. It definitely wouldn't have lost weight if I started eating Cheerios in the morning instead of eggs. Well, no, you unless would, I'm really restricted. No, your cholesterol may have went down, but then you'd be you'd have a fasted glucose of what, 118, right? And I would just have all these other markers, and I'd still have weight on me. And I, instead, I would just have diabetes. So instead, you sh- went down your doctor's path of the shotgun of the heart, exactly, versus the BB gun of the leg. BB gun of the leg. Yeah. So doctors are dumb. So Ken Berry, he's Ken Berry. He's one of the ones that you know, and yeah, I'm gonna post. He's all a these smart videos. guy. He he actually looks at outcomes. 
he's concerned with outcomes. He doesn't, he's not dogmatic. He's not into, oh, this is what I learned 20 years ago in medical school. That's like what today when I told people that a CBD oil is just a, without THC is just a, or CBD placebo. oil is just a placebo. And you, you triggered people on that one. They got mad. And guess what? <laughs> I just looked at outcomes. I tried it. I tried two different kinds. Mm -hmm. Snake oil. Didn't do shit. That was the, actually what it was named? No, it should be. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is, though? If anybody had any balls, they'd, they'd call it. They'd, snake they'd oil. market as snake oil. That's CBD. Funny. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, the whole point of my story, though, was and not to get political yeah. and lip, not express my libertarianism. Right. But just put the fucking THC in it. Quit screwing around. Yeah. Give the people what they want. Right. <laughs> Healing. The THC is what's going to heal you. Exactly. THC is going to cure your anxiety. Right. CBD oil squeezed out of a leaf is not going to do shit. It's the same as essential oils. Right. Which is basically just like, do you want your house to smell a little different? Put an essential oil in. If you're buying it for that reason, fine. But if you expect your essential oil in some type of vaporizer to affect your health in any way, <laughs> uh, you are wrong. <laughs> That's right, daddy. Okay, so back to Canberra. He's talking about what really is going to affect your risk for elevated uh, chance of heart disease and stroke. Waist to height ratio. <clears throat> Where did we hear fasting that? insulin Where, or A1C? that before. Yeah. We, I mean, this is, this is the key. I mean, you need to get your weight down. That is the most important thing you can do. Reduce your visceral fat. He says, okay, fasting insulin level or A1C high. Another horrible marker. Inflammatory markers. So your C-reactive protein, C-peptide level, et cetera. Right. Now, I had a little interesting story. And for me, like I, I told you the story last week about my sinitis when I went to the allergy doctor. Yeah. And they ran the full battery and I wasn't allergic to any one thing, but I just had general inflammation. And that was when I was eating the standard American diet. Mm -hmm. um, another way that I've seen this, and this, of course, this is just anecdotally, but but uh, for me, is plantar fasciitis. Oh. Big time. Okay, when I'm eating carbs, I fall off the wagon. The back of your heel, and it, people that don't know what that is, it's like when your Achilles tendon like attaches to your heel, it feels like somebody tapped on the bottom of your heel with a ball-peen hammer and bruised it. I mean, it hurts like a mofo. And I used to try all kinds of like weird stretching and stuff to loosen it up. But I found that it's completely inflammation-triggered. For sure. So Every, when, I, everything when I fall off the wagon, that's one place where I'll see it. Like my heel, bottom of my heels will start, I'll wake up like, oh, God, you have to like gently walk around. Really? Oh, it hurts. It hurts like a mofo. And when I'm off carbs, that Glad inflammation goes away, that. cures it 100%. So just another uh, inflammatory kind of, you know, my own anecdotal inflammatory marker. You always talk about your... I mean, various aches and pains and stuff. You know. As soon as I went off keto, my knee started hurting. <laughs> exactly. Um, <clears throat> it's probably just in my head. You need some rub some CBD oil on it, right? I'll <laughs> inject CBD oil straight into my knee. <laughs> exactly. So there's another guy called Dr. Eric um, Westman. I'll, I'll just show these. I'm not going to play these videos, but I'll just show you what they're what they're called here. If you're watching on YouTube, so Dr. Eric Westman, he's another real pioneer in the in the uh, low carb space and he's treating his patients using diet mostly. And he's got tons of people off their diabetic medications and avoiding 
um, heart disease and stroke and all the things that, that we're trying to avoid here. Did I, I may have mentioned this in a past episode, but because my memory is like a minute. But <clears throat> there's a keto doctor in Fargo. Oh, really? And a clinic. Oh, wow. In Fargo. And he specializes in all sorts of stuff. That's cool. But um, the ketogenic diet supervision is one of them. We'll have to find find that dude and get him on the yeah get him on the show. Absolutely. Um, so De- Eric Westman, Doctor Eric Westman, his uh, what he says is the biggest ri- risk factor is high blood pressure. So that was his. So really, those are the things you want to avoid: the high blood pressure, the inflammatory markers, the waist to height ratio. And the fa- high fasting insulin, those are the things that are actually going to result in bad outcomes if you don't get those under control. Not high cholesterol. So you know what do most people recommend when they hear this? Your cholesterol is high. It's always reduce saturated fat. We talked about that. And then if you don't reduce it through dietary means, which you won't if you're just eating, you know, Cheerios and crap. Next step: statins. Um, now. Did you know that uh, statins are – now, if if you were a drug company and you were tasked with developing the most profitable possible thing that you could sell out there, what would it be? Viagra. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, close. Well, that's definitely a, a close one. But Oh, it would be something that – that cures a symptom of obesity. And something that you have to take every goddamn day. Right. right? Yeah. The, that's why statin yep. is the perfect freaking drug because if once you're on it, guess what happens? You're never off. No. Anybody that ever gets on a statin, just like people that get on the type 2 diabetes drugs, they're on them. It, it's for life. So if you, if I'm, you know, I'm 50, 50 this year. If I would have gotten on a statin in five years, I'm going to be on that statin for probably 30 years. Mm-hmm. And that is the perfect drug for a pharmaceutical company to develop because you got to buy it every – it's going to get prescribed to tons of people, and they're going to have to take it every day. So well, it's the perfect profitable drug. Have you um, – anybody who is ever told by their doctor, by their – I like that in there. Wolfson says these pill pushers. If anyone has ever told that they need to go on a statin, before you make that decision, just do yourself one favor. Read the side effects. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that. First, I'm going to talk about the The side effects are one of them is death. Death (laughs) is a side effect? How is death a side effect? That's what it literally says. Thanks. Okay, so I'm just going to read a little bit here. Statins are one of the of big pharma's biggest cash cows. In 2013, the pharmaceutical raked in a staggering 29 billion just from statin sales. Estimates suggest that nearly one out of every four Americans over the age of 45 takes a statin drug. Holy shit! I mean, a quarter of the country. Most believe that these drugs are lifesavers, healing their high cholesterol while keeping heart attacks at bay. But the savior status of statins is nothing more than a myth being pushed by big pharma. Further evidence shows that these drugs are more harmful than they are helpful. Par for the course when it comes to the pharmaceutical industry, no doubt. Wait a second. But they lower cholesterol. Oh, isn't that great? If they lower it, then we should be safe. Oh, we're fine. And here's how they sell it. They say, 
Sure, these side effects suck balls. Okay, and let's talk about the side effects to um, statins, okay? But wait a second. If my cholesterol, what am I at risk for if I have high cholesterol? Well, they heart say heart attacks, strokes. Okay, so yep. if I'm at risk for a heart attack because I have high cholesterol and then you give me a statin and my cholesterol goes down 100 points and then you say, awesome, it worked, good job. Yep. Now keep taking it forever. Then why are all these people still dying? <laughs> well, here's here's how they sell it. They say, sure, the side effects suck, which include Alzheimer's, dementia, and all types of things. That's still dying of a heart attack. And still dying. But they'll say, but you won't die of the ass-kicking widowmaker heart attack that you would have died of when you were 55. You might make it to 75. And you might die, you know, get early onset Alzheimer's and all kinds of other horrible things. But at least you didn't die of the big ass-kicking heart attack when you were 56. That's the whole bargain. And people, weigh, they weigh it and they go, well, at least I, did, I lived till I was 75 and sure I got dementia early, but at least I didn't die of that ass-kicking heart attack when I was 56. That's how they sell it. Okie dokie. Right. Um, I don't want anything to do with either one of those things. Right. <laughs> Right. So yeah, let's talk about some of the side effects. Um, they're, they're bad. Okay. Um, and I'll put some articles in here. Um, say some, some research has also suggested that statin use can speed up the entire aging process. Even the FDA is aware of that many health risks associated with statin use, including increased risk of cognitive impairment and type two diabetes. I mean, holy shit. One of the side effects is elevated risk of type 2 diabetes. And you, you know what else you can't do when you're on them? Exercise. Really? Because is it... I don't know. Something bad happen? Or you, I guess. Does it affect your circulation? or I don't know. You just They said when I was looking at they're looking at giving it to me, and they just said, don't exercise. What? So how is that? High good intensity. For, how... Oh. Well, so oh, no, 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 no. I take that back. They didn't say don't exercise. It said it will decrease performance oh, okay. of your exercise. So, sorry. So, I, so, sorry. I, so that way, well, either way, your weightlifting is not going to be as effective then. None of which, it is. And that's what you want another key to longevity is having lean muscle mass. How are you supposed to build that if it's affecting your performance? Right. Here's another quote from the dangers of statin drugs. Um, says, and this is uh, from the Weston A. Price Foundation. I'll put the, all these articles in the show notes. It says, Dr. Gollum has found that 15% of statin patients develop some cognitive side effects. The most harrowing involved global transient amnesia, complete memory loss for a brief or lengthy period. Worth it. <laughs> Described <laughs> by former astronaut Dwayne. Ooh, his name's Dwayne even. Gre was it you? Oh. Did you forget you went to the moon? Maybe. <laughs> fucking stand <laughs> described by former astronaut Dwayne Graveline in his book Lipitor Thief of Memory I mean a guy wrote a whole friggin book on it uh, on the side effects to this drug and then one thing Ken Berry said too was that only after we introduced statin drugs did we see an Alzheimer's Alzheimer's epidemic oh I mean again correlation not Correl causation but Correlate, yeah, pretty but damn coincidental right Pretty damn coincidental that uh, statin use uh, almost tracks exactly with with uh, Alzheimer's epidemic. Um, and one thing I learned from doing my research for this episode is how important cholesterol is to your brain. Yep. I mean, it needs it. So, and actually being low cholesterol 
is way worse. Yeah. Way worse for you than being high cholesterol. At least now in my thinking, standard medical, you know, professions thinking is that no high cholesterol is worse. Really low cholesterol is bad, but high cholesterol will be worse because you're going to die of the ass kicking widow maker. Um, But actually, you know, that's where you start to see all the cognitive effects is when your cholesterol is depressed and it's too low. It's not getting the the material that it needs to thrive and your brain just thrives on, on cholesterol. So there's just a, a huge rabbit hole. And the funny thing is some of the, a lot of these articles are from like 15, 15 years ago, like some of this West Indy price stuff. I mean, they've been onto this. They've, the research has been out there. They've known this stuff for a good 15 years, but you know, do you think that uh, whoever makes Lipitor, which is, they're probably the longest, you know, best-selling drug that they've had in their entire career. Do you think they're going to do anything to reduce the sales of that? Of course not. Of course not. There's no money. You're the in, perfect patient if you get no that. money in healthy people. And there's no money in dead people. Exactly. Got to keep them to hanging on in between. That's why I love researching these doctors that look at real true outcomes and want to do what's actually best for the patients and not just, you know, and I don't know how doctors, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know my tinfoil hat on. I don't know about kickbacks and all this kind of stuff. I know most of that stuff's probably illegal and I'm, you know, doing air quotes here. Um, but regardless, they're just m- misinformed and, um, Talk amongst yourselves while I find this other quote that. Uh, <laughs> well, I was just going to tell the story of the time. My ele- my cholesterol is somewhat elevated, but it's not to the point now where I need a statin. He doesn't mm-hmm. even bring it up. Right. But I had um, it ended up just being low blood sugar. But I was up in Hillsborough and we were at a client's facility, and I started getting super dizzy. Oh. And I was like, and I needed like literally lean against the wall. And I'm like, oh, it'll go away in a second. So customer and, and one of my sales guys just kept chatting and talking about whatever we were talking about. And I got dizzy again. And That's scary, it yeah. wasn't going away. Right. And I couldn't shake it out. And I'm like, all right, I, I excuse myself. I'm like, I got to go. And stupidly, I jumped in my truck <laughs> and drove back to Fargo. Right. And I went straight to the ER. So I called Mel and I told her what was going on. She's like, oh, get in there then. So I was, I was on my way and I get in there and I'm thinking, shit, high cholesterol. Oh, you thought, I'm like, you're thinking that's a stroke or I'm having a heart attack. And so I get to the ER and I told them the symptoms and they're like, EKG stat. I mean. They thought you're having a heart attack or something? Yeah. So they get in there and they run. I did. This was an expensive visit, but <laughs> expensive lesson. Yeah, yeah, they did EKG. That's cheap, but they did an MRI of my heart and my head, and then they did a CAT scan. When they my, when they did an MRI of your head, did they just see an organ grinder monkey just slamming two symbols together? <laughs> no, no, actually not. That was weird. They should have, but they did. All of the tests for, and they, and they, and I don't remember, the, I'm not a doctor, but all of all the tests, they, they checked every blood vessel in my head, in my heart, everywhere. Right. Looking for the heart attack. Looking for where's the blockage. We're going to find it. We got to go in there. And they came back into the waiting room and they go, yeah, you're flawless. 
And they said there's no symptom of any even deterioration or any clogging or any, um, just no signs of anything. Right. And they said, so I don't, low blood sugar, they guessed, or. Here's a Snickers, right? He said we, right. <laughs> but we, he said we ruled out everything. Wow. So uh, you're free to go. Yeah. And I kept, back so, in my mind, I kept thinking. But how did you recover? How did you get not dizzy? Did you just eat something or drink some orange juice? Or? I was I was dehydrated. Oh, okay. Yep, I drank some water, but um, it was eye opening. It was comforting, right, to know that because my mom passed away from an aneurysm, mm. and to know that they looked in my brain, right, and they looked at all those blood vessels and everything. Didn't looked, see anything alarming. Yeah, that's good. And. I have really high cholesterol, or I mean, I have elevated cholesterol. Elevated. Yep. So I don't want to embellish. I don't have high cholesterol, but because you dropped your weight, because it's elevated. So why was all of that stuff perfect? Exactly. Oh, that deserves a truth bomb. Bitch. So I don't know. That's it's, right. Everyone's different. Everyone's different, but you know, don't just. Blindly accept what your doctor says. Do some research. Um, I'm just going to read this uh, little little paragraph from the Weston A. Price article where she kind of sums it up. And this was 2008, by the way. Mm. So we're talking 13 years ago. Uh, it says, in conclusion, cholesterol is one of the most important substances in the body. We cannot live without it, let alone function well. The pernicious diet heart hypothesis has vilified this essential substance. Unfortunately... This hypothesis has served many commercial and political interests far too well, so they ensure its long survival. However, the life of the diet heart hypothesis is coming to an end as we become aware that cholesterol has been mistakenly blamed for the crime just because it was found at the scene. That sums right. it up right there. Um, so, okay, so that's really we're talking about cholesterol being measured and kind of how your diet affects it. Now let's talk about the other version of bad cholesterol, which is when you're, it's in your family. Okay. So uh, that's hyper familia. Familial hypercholesterolemia. Cholesterolemia. And that's, I remember my buddy, that my buddy shit. Carlos that um, <laughs> we were going to have on. Yeah. He's literally an expert in that. Okay. Well, this article here again from the, I think it's from the Western, the Western A Price Foundation, which is basically, you know, of course it's a low carb type viewpoint. Sure. So you got to take that in consideration, um, but uh, that's you know that's that's the one where th people think, well, I'm just fucked. You know, I got I got high cholesterol in my family, and I'm destined for the widowmaker. I'm screwed. So what it says, the title of the article is not as risky as you may think. It says many doctors believe that most patients with familial hypercholesterolemia, we'll just call it FH from from here on out, die from CHD, coronary heart disease, at a young age. Obviously, they do not know the surprising finding of the scientific steering community at the Department of Public Health and Primary Care at Radcliffe Infirmary in Oxford, England. The view was recently confirmed by Dr. Uh, Eric Sibrians and his co-workers from various medical departments in Amsterdam and Leiden, Netherlands. Out of a large group, they found three individuals with very high cholesterol. A genetic analysis confirmed the diagnosis of FH, and by tracing their family members backward in time, they came up with a total of 412 individuals. The coronary and total mortality of these members 
were compared with the mortality of the general Dutch population. The striking finding was that those who lived during the 19th and 20, early 20th century had normal mortality and lived a normal lifespan. After 1915, the mortality rose to a maximum uh, between 35 and 64, but even at peak, mortality was less than twice as high as, the, as in the general population. That's kind of interesting, right? It is. I mean, because, and I think what happens here is the people that die, you know, maybe they get, it's sort of a selection bias, you know, because if you die and you have that, then you, that gets kind of indicated as the potential cause. Yeah. They don't catch all the people that have high cholesterol and live to be 102 and just had familial, right? whatever, extremia, whatever they call it, FH. They have that high cholesterol in their, in their genetics, and they live to be 102, and don't even, don't ever get diagnosed, or and they don't die from it, so it doesn't get it doesn't get uh, the flag doesn't get raised up the pole, right? So another oh, I'm picking thing up that, what you're laying down, yeah, it, yeah, it's a it's interesting, yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of really good articles. I mean, I learned a ton on this, and I definitely, luckily, just because I'm kind of woke to this kind of stuff, you know, don't when ever, I what, don't ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Good woke. <laughs> I can see with my third eye. Hashtag so woke. You know, when I got my, my doctor's results, which I'm holding up here, I didn't just blindly. Formerly nicotine stained hands. Exactly. My formerly carb stained hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't just blindly accept what he said. And I learned a ton doing this research. I'm uh, glad you did. Yeah, so uh, don't be afraid of cholesterol and just kind of know know your stuff. Know your remember that's having high elevated cholesterol is like having a BB gun pointed at your leg. If you're going to concern yourself with something, concern yourself with the shotgun pointed at your heart, which is your elevated blood glucose and your visceral fat. Take care of those things, right? If you want to really actually uh, worry about what's going to actually have horrible, serious outcomes. Agreed. All right. Well, that was a solid hour on cholesterol. Hopefully you aren't bored out there. Um, so now we're going to talk about my favorite segment of the week, which is... How fat is Josh? All right. Stomped over it. I always do that. I always do that. All right. Why don't you get out the old tape? Interesting story this week, too. After I did my body fat percentage check at the at the college, yeah. I posted the picture. Yeah, uh, I just did a shirtless picture and it's told people to guess. Should get right above the, the old belly button there. I told people to guess what I what 36. they thought I was thirty six. I still old and even. I'm sort of plateaued here. All right, so my waist is thirty six. I did drop two pounds this week though. So I'm still at 19.6 down. It's still really legit. 11.4% body fat percentage change and 5.5 inches in the waist since January 14th. So I feel like I'm killing it and I feel like recomposition is happening. But the interesting story was, okay, so I posted the shirtless picture along with the Reference to the different body fat percentages on Facebook. Yep. And I said, guess winner gets a free T-shirt from our Furious Merch site. So that got a lot of engagement. We got a ton of people guessing. And the interesting – and I don't think people were just trying to be nice. 
I think people thought I was way leaner than I actually was. Isn't that telling? It was I did very too. telling. I did too. Very telling because turns out I was 21.4 according to the dunk tank and the in-body scan. Right. And the doctor guessed I was around 20. So he was, you know, between his visualization and those two methods, that I feel like that's pretty accurate. Um, but almost everybody was, people were guessing like 12, 30, you know, everybody was like way under 20. Most right. of the guesses were way under 20. So, and I don't think they were just trying to be kind. Nope. I know, know what, I know what it was. You tell me your theory. And I'll well, tell you my theory. I think people just have no concept of, they think that I looked fairly lean, but actually I'm at the high end of what's considered, I'm just over the normal range. 21.4 was like in, still in the heavy category. So compared to your average American, I might be under, you know, my body fat percentage is a little lower. So that's what leads them to guess low. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, just a little more frontal. <laughs> but it's true. They saw you and they said, "This guy's lean." Well, I'm I'm fatter than him, and I'm like twenty, so he's <laughs> right. got to be like twelve. Yes, yes. So it's all perspective relativism. Yep. Because it's like, no, he's twenty one point four. And you're thirty six. Yeah, exactly. You might be forty five. You might be forty five. Yeah, you might be half fat. Right. Yeah, your weight might be half body fat. Yep. That's sad but true, but I think that's really what's going on. And I'm not trying to brag because I, whatever, I'm just being, I'm just out here for science, right? Right. Uh, so I'm just, I don't care if it was 50 or 5% or whatever. I just wanted the number. Um, but that was very telling that people were guessing way low. And I'm really at 21.4, which is above, considered elevated and in the risky category. Right. So- the doctor still said you need to lose you need to lose thirteen point eight more pounds of body fat in order to get in that good range, which is under twenty. Basically, is what for my age and and you know gender and everything was uh, under twenty. So so that's like thirty. Man, that's pretty damn lean. That's like thirty five pounds from where you started. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm gonna have to. I got a ways to go. And the sad part is, as you can see by the tracker here, I've kind of leveled off. And it's, you know, it, it gets tougher. I mean, you gotta. You can't. You really. What I'm having to, trouble we with about it in the the Seco episode. You yeah. can't just keep cutting calories because you'll keep chasing your tail. I think that's what's happening. See, okay, I, I did some research on this too because I think that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, there's a very interesting guy on on YouTube called More Plates, More Dates. His channel. He's like a buff bodybuilder guy, but he's way way into the science of the shit. He's a funny dude too, but he's like openly talks about steroids and stuff. Oh, and, for sure. You know, yeah. So he's, he's just lays it out. Yeah. And he had a great video on this topic of basically you have to be under the right amount because if you're in a, like we always talk about the 500 cal calorie deficit per day right. to lose a pound a week, nice, slow and steady. But I think I was being too extreme and being too under and then my metabolism, my metabolism the adjusted. Breaks. Hit the brakes. Said, "Whoa, yeah, we need to we need to store." So yep. I got to find that balance of five hundred under, but not a thousand under, not fifteen hundred under. Because if I'm burnt, because I'm working out every, I'm doing push ups every morning and pull ups now. I got a pull up bar in my house. Really? Can you do pull ups? I can do six. That a boy. I did six chin ups or pull ups. Well, like that's chin up. This to that. That's a chin up. This to that. What's a pull up? This. Yeah, a little, yeah. little wider in shoulder. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, I can do chin-ups, six chin-ups. That's good, though. It's not bad, considering I'm freaking 50. 
and Almost you know 50. still need to lose weight. Um, so I'm doing you know push-ups and pull-ups every morning, and then I'm doing dumbbell workouts every other day. Love so it. that's a pretty decent amount of exercise. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm probably burning more calories than I think. So I actually need to eat more. Right. And that's very counterintuitive. It is. It's because I think dieting. my metabolism was down regulating and adjusting. It was for sure. Now you need to reverse diet. So I got but the the trick is you gotta eat the right stuff. So for yeah. me that's more red meat. No, you don't. <laughs> Count your macros. I got to eat 2,000 calories of cake, bitches. Cake. Yep. Doesn't matter. That's right. As long as you're in a deficit. <laughs> Just get in that deficit. Yep. So it's that's deficit. why you got to know your numbers, though, because if you don't know what your total daily energy expenditure and your basal metabolic rate are, how do you know how much to eat? You don't. You don't. And then Throwing plus, darts at a wall. You are, and you don't know. You got to kind of start learning, like, how much calorie, how many calories is in a, this size of steak or in your you know, average egg is like 70 or what, you know, you got to learn the stuff because I, I thought allery, or eggs were way, had way more calories, but they only have like 70. Yeah. Like, Jesus, I need to eat like 20 of these. Yeah. I was eating two eggs and a couple pieces of bacon and, and I was satiated and I was like, that ain't enough calories. Right. Not even close. No. So you got, moral of the story, you got to know your numbers, people. And you're probably not as lean as you think you are, because I definitely no, 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 no. You're not. <laughs> you're not. Don't sugarcoat it, coat it. No, it's you're not as lean as you think you are. Exactly. You have, so you have way more weight to lose than you think you do. <laughs> if I had the, if I had a dime, I wouldn't need to work. But if I had a dime for every time somebody came to some dude came to me and said, <laughs> "Just want to lose, you know, a couple of that fifteen. 16 vanity pounds. I'm yep. like, dude, you need to lose 100 pounds. And I'm not Le- shitting you. Legit? Legit. They 100 pounds. They were that far off? Yes. Holy shit. Just, just a few vanity pounds. And, well, and they want to lose it just from the gut, right? Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. We got, and, and make sure that I can spot reduce. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that is a serious talk about, you know, people taking advantage of people and fitness trends and stuff. That's a huge one. Oh, spot reduction! Oh, thinking that such a scam. Thinking that the, you, well, you don't get to decide where it comes from. <laughs> there's even you know, remember those stupid things from the fifties where they just went. Oh yeah, Like the rubber, the band, the belt is just going, and yep. like that's gonna Give somehow work out your freaking gut. Give me a break. They all had abs anyway. <laughs> yeah, they were well. They were lean compared to us nowadays. Right. Jesus Christ! Um, there's a couple other things too. Back to the cholesterol stuff. There's a couple of cholesterol sites where you can plug in your numbers and just see where you're at. One was cvriskcalculator.com, and there's also the cholesterol code site. And I'll put uh, both links in the show notes. And that's there. That's like the modern, you know, the keto low carb kind of version of assessing your numbers and what your risk is truly based on on the various numbers. So if you want to know where you really stand, uh, use those calculators. All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up for this week. And uh, make sure you send us emails, info at Fit and Furious. If you got questions, we'd love to answer them, just like we did this week for Joanne in Ames, Iowa. Love the fitness question. Keep yes. those coming. Yeah. Ask us about diet, fitness, any of this stuff. Uh, make sure you watch on YouTube to watch all the shenanigans and valuable visuals and weekly extra content. Check us out where Apple Sp- uh, Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share. Support the show. Go to Furious Merch. 
Dot-com, you can get this sweet baby I just uploaded and designed the other day and ordered it two days ago off of Amazon. Boom, here it is. It's crazy. Two days later. I mean, we live in the future, bro. You're going to wash it and give it to an infant. Yeah, by the way, this is a medium, and it's kind of, it's like baggy it's in the gut now. Medium. Yeah. All right, so go to freesmerch.com, get t-shirts, all kinds of carnivore and keto-centered shirts there, and we will... See you next week.